Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 268, recorded on November 21st, 2023, where John and Jason talk about the Power BI November 2023 feature summary for way too long and have to split it into two parts, sorry about that, including the new button slicer, DAX query view, the dataset renamed to semantic models, and much more. Good day, Jason. How are you now? John, I think I'm recovered from last week and the absolute insanity that was my life. It was pretty awesome. Come uh, on. It was easy. You just uh, went and hung out. You know, pretty much. But just... That's <laughs> <laughs> who I, you were hanging out with, right? It was. And the things that needed doing and the announcement of the conference and just... Yeah, it's been bananas. We went GA for fabric last week. Yep. And the fun part of it is coming home and trying to explain to my kids, what uh-huh. does that mean? <laughs> they figure you got some new clothes. Oh, they did notice that, John. I, I managed to get <laughs> score myself a fabric hoodie and a fabric t-shirt. You had and, a fabric hoodie, man. Oh, no, I'm wearing mine right a, now. I have a new fabric hoodie. Yeah, I want one of those. I know you do, John. So does everybody else in the uh-huh. world. Uh-huh. It was really cool to be able to lay hands on some cool swag. I also, I got myself an Ignite speaker hoodie, even though I didn't oh, speak. Yeah, right. I came home with five new hoodies. So and Very as good. you can tell, I'm wearing them all yeah. at this moment. Yeah, you're in Texas. You don't need them. I need them. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be okay, John. It's been pouring all day. I, I'm going to start building an arc soon. Yeah, we've actually gotten some rain here. It's been wonderful. Things are starting to look green again. It's really? It's nice. Yeah. Green in Texas? Oh, wow. It's that special time of year where everybody else thinks that it's fall and starting to turn into winter and we're just getting spring. So <laughs> yeah, it's been good. Uh, we're supposed to get some cold temperatures at some point, but right now it's 60 degrees Fahrenheit and sunny and lovely out there while I'm stuck inside trying to get myself up on the new machine that we got, John. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah, you have to copy me again. Yeah. Hey. It's all about synergy and making sure that we have compatibility, man. That's what it is. That's what it is. Oh, it has wow. nothing to do with the fact that I wanted a better processor than you. So, yeah. <laughs> marginally, it's supposed to be double. The M4 is supposed to be double the speed of the M3 in the Max edition. So, oh, we're yeah. going to run some speed tests next week. It's going to be fun while we're in Amsterdam. That sounds so, good, man. That sounds good. Well, buddy, I, I've had a busy week already. We're amping up now that we have a signed contract for the conference and we're moving forward and people are registering for this thing. And yes, getting, the Microsoft have, Fabric Community Conference, if I'm not mistaken, is the. Why, is yes, the John, you got it exactly right. It is yeah. the Microsoft Fabric Community Conference, officially known as Fabric Conference, officially known as FabCon. FabCon. It's fabulous. It is. I'm getting a bedazzled jean jacket, man. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> That'll be good. I'm about to I'm about to book my flight to it. So oh, it's going to be awesome. This is going to be the place to be. Everybody in product wants to be there. They all want an opportunity to showcase their stuff. Every MVP that we're, we're trying to get everybody we can involved. It's definitely interesting. It's March 26th to the 28th with workshops two days prior and one day after. Is that right? You got it. Six days of all the goodness of fabric in Las Vegas. How can you go wrong? 
Just don't eat at too many of the buffets, and I think you'll be okay. <laughs> I generally make that a, a principle. Yes, yes. It's going to be awesome. We're doing a workshop there. It's on the website under my name right now. It's going to be a new one. It's going to be hands-on lab. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have a lot of work to do leading up to that, but it's going to be awesome. We have so many folks we're trying to get involved in this thing from community to product to everybody. It is going to be the place to be. I got to hold back too much stuff, John. There's so many great announcements that we're going to make at this event. Oh, really? We're already, we're one week off of Ignite and release, and now you're already holding stuff back. Oh yeah. This is the game, John. It's going to be a tease the whole time. I'm just going to keep teasing you and telling you all the great stuff that, that you don't get to know. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's been a bananas couple of days, John. In addition to all of these things going on, John, I don't know if you noticed, there was something in the news where OpenAI, you know, we, we launched yeah. a whole bunch of fabric stuff. So Copilot in Microsoft Fabric is now in public preview. We have several experiences that are out there. We um, need to talk about that, but yeah, yes. We're going to dial in, but man, there was something that happened over at the OpenAI company that is something a little bananas, and I think we're going to see some changes happening. The interesting thing was I went to sleep on Friday night and had found out that the top guys over there were, were no longer the top guys over there. And they spent the weekend going back and forth with uh, employees and board and all of this crazy stuff. And I wake up Monday morning to a message in Viva Engage, I think it is. I think that's the the Viva that, that pops up periodically. You mean Yammer, message. Right? Hmm? You mean Yammer? Oh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> Except I never go to Yammer, John. That just sort right. of popped up. You, you go to Viva Engage, yeah. Where Satya published that, hey, we have two new co-workers. Oh, I know. They're joining us. Sam and, and Greg. half the employee base. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Microsoft. And, oh, it's a little bit crazy. And the stock price has just been doing wonderfully. Yeah, it did okay. Of all yeah. of these announcements that have been going on. I'll say that I honestly think it had a lot more to do with uh, Copilot and Fabric. Than yeah. it did with all this open AI stuff because well yesterday go. it's up over two percent so I, I think it might have had something to do with it <laughs> you know it's that's because people are trying copilot and fabric now John we have some yeah. customers out there that are actually getting to try it in public preview anyway but not many that's yeah, okay <laughs> are you gasping for a better reporting solution let marquee insights throw you a lifeline they can help you chart a course to success with Power BI, then get underway quickly with one of their quick start solutions while learning the ropes from their experienced staff. If you're ready for reporting bliss, go to marqueeinsights.com and click the Get Started button and learn how they can help you make better, faster decisions with smarter data. Just looking out here, we, what we decided we wanted to talk about today beyond these shenanigans is the Power BI November 2023 feature summary. So we're going to walk through some of the announcements that got made last week as far as the things that showed up in the Power BI blog. Yeah. We'll get more to Fabric over time. We are going to get some guests to come and join us as well. It's going to be awesome. But for the right, for the moment, I want to go ahead and start walking through this. And let's start with the reporting section here, John. Yeah, well... We talked about this a little bit last week, so we don't need to spend probably too much time on it, but there is a new slicer in town. Yes, there is. Yeah, that's showing a new, it's called the button slicer. So as opposed to just the slicer, I guess. It shows up with the same icon as the other slicer with a little lightning bolt on top of it. So that's how you can tell in the visuals pane which one you're working with. And it's lovely. It's really nice. It obviously starts out with buttons by default. You could 
get the old slicer looking like buttons, but they never really behaved all that nicely. Specify the number of rows and columns you have. There's a whole ton of options. It's basically slight, the, the, it's the modern slicer. Or, or no, wait a minute. Let's let me get this right. It's slicer for the age of AI Ooh, or the era John of AI. That's what you. it is. It's the era of AI. That's what it is. That's the new modern. <laughs> hey, what, whatever it takes, John. I'm loving it. It's, yeah, I think it's fabulous. It's been a really cool tool so far. I'm enjoying getting to play with it. I've been playing with it for a little while, as I think I mentioned to you. It's one of those things where I forget what's public and what's not every once in a while. And this was definitely one of those things that I had completely forgotten we didn't have out there yet. It's just, it's so intuitive and so easy. It really works nicely. So I love the like the ability to add multiple rows to a slice element or, or pictures even and the, the images on it that really makes things depending on your data set right you wouldn't want to have to go through a thousand different pictures but you probably wouldn't want to iterate through a thousand different slicer options either no. but yeah that's uh, it, it's fantastic stuff and much like that we've got this concept this is new to me of reference labels, right? And, and as far as I can tell, it's the ability to essentially add content to cards and things like the button visual, etc. Just basically additional elements that you can add to that that item on page to bring up more information. It can be measures, it can be dimensions, whatever you have. Yeah, there's so much stuff here and there's new formatting settings and all sorts of cool stuff that you get to play with with all of this, as well as the new tooltips experience for it as well. But man, I'm excited by it. It's a lot of fun to play with. I hope that people are getting to utilize it in real world now. Yeah, it's definitely going to, for me, going to immediately replace the old experience. John, there's just one thing I want to add on to what you were talking about here. And that's at the bottom of the button section. So before the reference label, there's this thing talking about subscribe to the Power BI blog or follow Power BI visuals on LinkedIn. Oh, wow, I missed that. Yeah, Yeah. Miguel Myers and team are doing an awful lot to try and put things out there in the public eye and get more feedback. So definitely go ahead and go go do that. Go follow it on LinkedIn if you have the opportunity. Super easy. Just go follow PBI Core Visuals is what it takes you over to. Simply click on the follow button and then you'll be following us for what we're doing. You can turn on notifications if you choose. So just another way of getting out there and getting some better information about all of these things. Very cool. All right. Now, I love the increased focus on this stuff. The spit and finish is just lovely to see. It's you know, oftentimes things get left half done on the, in the good old Microsoft product stack. It's not what's happening here. It just keeps getting better and better at all levels. So, so John, I have to do a little bit of correction on you, my friend. Oh, no, that's not always, possible. We, <laughs> we always called this fit and finish type of stuff. This is actually a complete rewrite of sure. the visual. Well, fair. So, so yeah. this one is a totally different animal from what we've always looked at and gone, oh, it's really nice that they did this little tweak to it. And they went in and finally fixed X, Y, and Z thing. What Miguel and team are doing is completely rewriting these It's pieces. an overhaul. It's a complete from the ground up, look at it, and let's do it the right way. Yeah, uh, It's impressive that the roadmap that they have that they show to customers under NDA and a lot of it they are showing out there in the LinkedIn community and other places and Miguel is doing all sorts of community work. Hopefully we're going to get him on the show. It's a little bit harder in audio format than it is in visual yeah, yeah, yeah. format. A lot of good YouTube <laughs> you, stuff out there. If you look at the screen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it really is what they're doing is nothing short of amazing and people are asking why is it taking so long? It's because it truly is a rewrite of this stuff and, and to get it to, to, to be done 
it takes some time and they're iterating on it just like everything else we're doing but they're standing from a function let's not, let's put it this way from a requirement standpoint they're standing on the shoulders of what, what's gone before that's why it looks like that so it's for a user, it's just natural to move into it. So yes, sir. yeah, it's really nice to see that. It's really nice to see it done that way. So that's great. So the next one here is enhance your Q&A visual with suggested synonyms from Copilot. John. The first Copilot-y topic today. Should we talk a little bit about Copilot right right here before you dive into it? Or do you want to hold that back? Mm, we can talk about it. How do we get at it? That's really the question, right? How does this work? Now, we're talking about a service, well, service and desktop update. I don't, and maybe you can help me out with this. I don't know how much of this is available within desktop. Obviously, a, a visual is going to be available on desktop. You, you can lay that thing down. You're going to have to be connected back, however, to a capacity that's either going to be a P1 or an F64. Am I correct about that? Yeah, so let's, the, let's lay it down out. the right way. So first of all, uh, yeah. to all of our GovCloud friends and Sovereign Cloud friends, this yeah, is sorry. commercial yeah. cloud only to yeah, start right with, now. right? Yeah. That's where we are today in the public preview. This is commercial cloud only it does require fabric john this is a yep. fabric feature so the name of of our copilot is copilot in microsoft fabric and what yes. you'll see happen is there is a copilot for power bi in microsoft fabric so that right. is the full name you'll have copilot in for data factory in Microsoft Fabric. That yep. is the full name. And it's important to understand that because it, it we're denoting it very clearly. This requires you to have Fabric enabled. You have to turn on Fabric and you have to have a certain level of Fabric capacity in order to activate these features. So that Fabric capacity is an F64 or higher or P1. So depending upon your buying mechanism, that yeah. is the equivalent, right? Which, just to make sure it's 100% clear though, you have fabric when you have a P capacity if you turn it on. That's I, correct. I don't want you know to say it's not available in Power BI on its own. You have to have fabric turned on, which is why you say you have to have fabric, but a P capacity does the job, a P1. That's correct. So there are three things you have to have enabled. And once you have, in order to be able to activate the Copilot features, the first one is you have to have enabled fabric. The second one is you have to have that capacity. And the third one is you do have to enable OpenAI, the Azure OpenAI functionality in your tenant. Those are three things that you have to have in order for this to be functional for you. And then you have to enable the Copilot features. And today, and this is a short-term thing, it's on for the entire tenant, John. We are bringing, at some time, I believe it's before the end of the year, the ability to limit by security group who gets access to Copilot. But it is something today that when you turn it on, you're turning on for the entire tenant. Where do you turn on that open AI? It's in the admin center. It's in the Power BI admin center, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you don't have to go into Azure to do it. It's Power BI. Nope. Okay. This is, yep. yeah. So those are the three flags you have to flip and the capacity. So there are three flags Got it. Fabric, Azure Open AI, and enable Fabric, enable Copilot, right? And then you have to have a capacity that you're backing your workspace in, and then you'll be able to actually take advantage of it. If you are in an author experience, you obviously have to have the ability to publish into a workspace. So you do have to have a pro or better license from a user perspective. To be a consumer, though, of the narratives visual, which will come to you, do not have to have a pro right. license because you're backed in an F64 or higher, yeah. which means that you get the consumption capability. And people are asking lots of questions about billing and things of that nature. I don't have a clue as to what the, the official costs are going to be on these types of things, so don't ask me. 
But yeah, I can tell you that from a GPU perspective in the public preview, we are not charging today. That could change and will change because at some point we're going to make some money off this thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the exact date of when that's going to happen is not something I'm able to share. So, Well, my understanding is that it's, it's just consuming the capacity and then you're just consuming more capacity when you use it. I guess I'm out to lunch on that. That's what I was thinking. So we haven't officially talked yeah, about I'm how it's licensing. Okay. It's... I, I don't know that you're off base there, John. I just you, you know, just don't until, you can't, yeah, until yeah, we yeah. officially announce it. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, things can change, and you know people ask me. Sure, I sit in lots of meetings, John. It's how it works. <laughs> However, up until the time when we officially yes. release publicly, lots yep. of things can change, and yep. oftentimes do. Yeah. So we try to make this as approachable for customers as possible, and as simple for customers as possible. <laughs> it doesn't always happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we certainly so, try. So the other question is. If I've got all, if I've met all those criteria and I don't see Copilot, why is that? Well, John, because we're rolling this out in waves and it's going, to hit, it's going to hit everybody by the end of March 2024. That's the commitment okay. that we've made. But today we lit it up for the first wave of customers and we're rolling this out in batches. So. Okay. There is a limited amount of GPU in the world. And as we turn this thing on, we don't know exactly how what the uptick is going to be. So, so the no reality is, is being that made, every, yeah. it's a shared resource. GPU is a shared resource in the service. Yeah. So we want to make sure that everybody gets the best possible experience. So we're being a little bit cautious. I will tell you from leadership perspective, aggressive. <laughs> if we were on the streets of Manhattan, we would be playing bumper cars right now, John, because <laughs> we're not doing defensive driving with this. It is far. It is definitely like speed demon as a service right now. We're trying to get this out to as many people as possible because people want it and they yeah. want to test it out, try it out. There is super value in this product. So I'm excited by it. I'm but right now, it's coming out limited in the rollout just to make sure that we're able to give everybody the right experience. And then the next wave of rollout happens after Thanksgiving because we have some freezes that go in place around, oh, there's some big deal around some black friday cyber monday thing right, you know? right, 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 right. <laughs> so there's lots of things going on out in the world like that and then there will be other freezes around christmas but it's uh in the holiday season but man it's uh we're trying to get this out to as many people as possible and uh, the other thing people ask me is well if i have am i getting just copilot for power bi and microsoft fabric or do i get all of them when you flip it on you get access to everything that we've put out in public preview cool there, you get all of them. And so everything that's out there in the blog post, it's all going to be there. So it's okay. pretty cool. That's that. Well, that, that kind of covers it. So, so I think it's fair to say anything. Anything we talk about that has a co-pilot name is going to basically follow that criteria. For that for is people. correct. Now, yeah. John, it is important to understand that these are preview features. However, yes. so in order to enable them in desktop, you are going to have to go to file options, preview features, and yep. like this one here, improve Q and A with co-pilot. You're going to have to enable that. Yeah, and I have to assume that it's going to be talking back, that it's going to matter who you're logged in as if you're using desktop, Power BI desktop, who you're logged in as. It's going to be that tenant that it's going to go out and try to find the capacity to work with. So you'll have to yeah. be logged in with the right user as well. We require you to be logged in to Power BI desktop now anyway. That's, so Yeah, but for those of us with multiple tenants, <laughs> you got to pay attention to which one you're logged into. That is correct. Eventually, it'll be all out there for everybody, but as you're rolling it out, yeah. definitely important. So Cool. This episode of the Bifocal Podcast is sponsored by Tigraph, the award-winning reporting and analytics platform for Office 365. Get the full picture of your Office 365 network by using Tigraph. 
See how customers leverage its actionable insights to better understand their organization's usage, collaboration, and adoption patterns. Try Tigraph today. Sign up for a free trial at tigraph.com. So the first one is suggested synonyms. We've had synonyms for a long time, but they've been declarative, right? We've had this. Well, there's the two that basically there's what the system can interpret from your, the names of your fields and your measures, et cetera. And then you could set up your own declaratively synonyms for things. But Copilot now is going to bring some of that large language understanding to the names of your fields. So you're going to get, I would assume, more contextual understanding of the natural language query you're trying to make in Q&A. Yes, sir. That's that. That is accurate. Lots of great stuff happening here. If we spend a whole lot of time diving into each one of these, I'm yeah. going to spend a lot of time talking about Copilot because yep. it's what I've been focusing my last basically six months on. So I'm going to attempt not to do that, John. I'm going to let you highlight what you're seeing here in the blog and what you've experienced. Sure. But uh, yeah, I think that there's a lot around the Copilot experience trying to make it easier and better for creators and for end users that we're bringing to bear. So with that, I think it's time to move on because we're, yep. we're pretty far into this episode. We've not made it very far. So let's talk. <laughs> yeah. We have some on-object interaction updates yep. happening here as well. Yeah, the big one really is this always open a new pane setting. And I think that's addressing some of us dinosaurs that didn't really love the new behavior. I, I, I just wasn't used to it. I always appreciate it. I'm not going to turn this on. But if you want your panes to come out beside each other as opposed to one replacing the other, you can turn this feature on. And it basically looks it, it works the way Power BI always used to. You can open up all of the all of your different panes, your visuals pane, your data pane, etc. So that's going to help. E- I would imagine it helps ease the migration for some of us folks that have been working with us for a long time. I have to agree with you, John. <laughs> this was one of those things that was confusing to me at first, because like, why would I want to do that? And I've gotten so used to the build out on the flyouts that I don't know that I'll ever use this, but that's just me. Yeah. You know, I'm going to try I, and force myself not to. Yeah. So, but it's the, good the, that it's there. I, options are always good. The tables add button is back, which is great. That had gone away for a little bit. There was, there are some things that we're highlighting here about some bugs. But the other thing that's important to know here is, John, the new on object default setup is yeah. coming soon. So we've been warning people about this. We've been talking about this for a while. Do not be shocked when this becomes the way. Yeah, right? the way. And that'll be the way in the service at that point in time. Because right now it's a different experience in desktop than it is in the service. Yep. So. Moving on, uh, Azure Maps Visual now aggregates multiple data points at the same location. Yeah, right. You're clapping, then nobody can hear it. It's like with one hand, John. Uh, it's, <laughs> it was it's the, the sound of one hand clapping. Yeah. <laughs> so, John, you seem excited by this. Tell well, me, it's a, good, it's a good thing. It behaves the way I would expect Power BI to behave when you've got the intersection of a number of data points. It's going to aggregate the data as opposed to trying to slap one on top of the other. And, Making it confusing. So that's good. That's really all there is to say about that, really. The next one is one that I'm very close to, John. Yep. There is Visual with Copilot. And Um, I've seen you demo. I have. This is one of my favorite things out there at this point because I've always loved the storytelling functionality. So when we first brought the narratives visual and Justina was demoing it way back, it's been, what, three years now? It was when I became a Justina fan. The first oh, yeah, time. yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. a huge Justina fan. She's amazing. She's awesome. She's doing really cool stuff. And she's gotten an awesome dog as well, which I, I found out about this past week. Oh, wow. I started following 
Gauss on on the Instagram. Super cool dog. He's a hound. It's awesome. Anyway, but Justina showed this off and was like, hey, look, we can help you understand what's happening in your report without you having to write it. It's like, wow, this is going to be really amazing someday because right now you have to do a little bit of of authoring and but man someday i had this vision of not having to do any of that and it just magically when you sliced in that it it changed for you it really did it dynamically and john that's exactly what this thing does you drop yep. it on the page you can specify a couple things about it like hey i, d- I don't want to look at this visual i don't want to look at this visual but the cool thing here is you get to tell it what you were looking for so oftentimes it's just yeah. tell me a summary Give yep. me three bullets about what I'm seeing on the page just to make it easier for any. I, I like to pick on executives for an exec to be able to look at and understand what it is I'm looking at here. And with citations, honestly, going back to be able to, if I click on it, it shows me which visual it's coming from, right? So really huge yeah. stuff. And the really nice thing about this beyond all of that, John, is the the investment that we made in the narrative's visual the smart uh-huh. narrative's visual has not gone away. So when you drop this visual right. on the page, it gives you the option. Do you want custom or do you want copilot? And you could choose either one so that we didn't take it away. We didn't add yet another one. We looked at it and said, and I was in the meeting where this happened, where someone at the executive level went, but we have something like this. Can't we just work them together. And the team went back and in rapid time was able to make that happen. And I'm a huge fan. This to me is just one of the coolest things that we just released. And it makes sense, especially if someone doesn't have co-pilot for fabric. So you'd want it to work the, you know, the traditional way as well. So that's, it's the best of both worlds. And the other one, the one thing you didn't highlight that's really cool about this visual is because it's a visual, it's cross filterable. It updates when you slice and dice on your report. That's incredible watching that work. That blows me away every time I see it. Yeah. So it was a time recently where Patrick was going to be demoing for a customer. Mm -hmm. And as much as I want to be able to say the customer name, I can't do that. It's a customer that happens to have some fun to it. And I was able to say, hey, let's take this in the voice of a character that it happens to to, to own. And they were able, Patrick was able to demo it and he was able to to leverage that in the voice of the customer's character. This could be anybody, John. There's so many. Very quiet. I'm hunting wabbits, that sort of thing, right? There's also certain customers out there that have have animated spokespeople. Ah, Personally, I wish that it would have been the progressive insurance (laughs) because I would have loved to have said, tell it like an emu. And then I want to know what an emu sounds like, John. Yeah, I, I really I enjoy the stupid uh, Limu Emu commercials. They're stupid <laughs> funny, and I really enjoy them. Anyway, but that's not who the customer was. I just but if Progressive ever decides that they want to sponsor the show, they're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but not really. Anyway, let's move it right along, John. Before I get myself in trouble, we've come to the modeling section, and we're yep. like a full half hour in. I, we should have broken this into two uh, two episodes, but we're gonna we'll power through it. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get through. So the modeling section, we have renamed data sets to semantic models. I believe we covered this often. We did talk episode, about this last week, yeah. But just, I was having a debate on on Twitter. I'll, I'll highlight it this way and say, look. Does anybody uh, actually debate on Twitter or just yell at each other? Oh, no, this was a very friendly discussion <laughs> and back and forth. And the comment that was made was, you're confusing things by, by changing the name. And my comment was, well, technically, we're changing the name back. 
right? Because the very first time I ever saw this was when we called it a BI semantic model. Yep. Right, John? And and it's a better name. It's more representative of what it is. And it's not like the term data set wasn't overloaded already either. No. I mean, (laughs) if you look at uh, paginated report builder, I'm not going to call it Power BI report builder, but that's what it is. It's got a thing in it called data sets that has nothing to do with data sets. In fact, you can have a data set that talks to a data set, which is, that's, I think, pretty confusing. I can't make that joke anymore now that you've changed it to semantic models. Well, you can blame me for a lot of things, John. This one you can't blame me for, but I'll certainly take it if you feel the need. But I always referred to it, when, and, and you and I, when we've been out doing sessions and workshops, the data set itself yeah. was yeah. the cache, the, cache the, the data model, the model the structure. plus the data is so, the data set, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, this is the semantic model, so it's a slightly different. So depending upon how you want to refer to it, we changed the name of Azure Active Directory. I'm never going to call the thing what they call it now. I'm always going to call it Azure AD. Yeah. So feel free to call it what you want. Just know, when, and we've always talked about this when we do our workshop. It's like, we want to teach you what the name of the thing is so that when you go to Google Bing it, you can find it. But otherwise, call it what you want. Who cares? But the other thing to think about is that with the advent of Direct Lake, the concept of a semantic model makes even more sense because half the time it's not going to actually have the data cached within it. That's going to be stored out in Direct Lake, right? Yep. So, Yeah. <laughs> hey, John, I just realized we're not making it through this episode doing all of this. It's just not possible. It's so not what possible? we're going to do is we're going to spend the next few minutes, we're going to wrap up the modeling section. All right. Then, because we still haven't even gotten to service. Oh, you're right. There's a lot in service still, John, that we haven't gotten to, including a bunch more about Copilot. So gentle listener, forgive us. We're going to make this a two-parter. Yeah. But before you're, we do... You're watching the sausage get made. <laughs> yeah, this is the, we don't plan particularly well, folks, but... What we will do is we will make sure we keep those shenanigans to a minimum in the next episode. But I do want to cover this one off. DAX Query View to write and run DAX queries on your model. This has been a long it's time coming. It's a blockbuster coming. itself, this, right? Yeah, I mean, we could actually spend, we, we could get Jeroen in here to talk about this for, he, I've seen him talk about it for an hour and still have way more to go. This is really great stuff. This gives you the ability to quickly generate DAX queries for you in the data pane of from a context menu of tables, columns, measures, it gives you a head start writing DAX. We're trying to make DAX easier. And it's, it's a fourth item on the left-hand pane. I mean, this is a huge deal. It's th- There's 33% more to Power BI Desktop. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it John, is. It's, only it's, if you're trying to write DAX. Yeah. It's a new UI that optimizes the creation of DAX. It incorporates the capabilities that a number of third-party tools have had over the years because, well, it was necessary. We needed these tools to be able to really optimize our DAX. It, it gives us the ability to edit our models in a more cohesive way. It's a fantastic addition to the product. It's a big deal. And it's just a little item over here in the modeling section on the monthly update. <laughs> yeah, and you do have to go into to, you know, options and settings and turn it on under preview yep. settings, preview features. But man, this one is really great. This, John, I, I spent a lot of time listening to folks talk about what are the, the biggest requests from our customers. It's a big part of the CAT team's job is being that voice of the customer, whether it's in ideas or directly from our enterprise customers. And DAX is too hard comes up every single time. And yeah. when I was running the, the creator sync with Dan English, that was the, the one that we kept coming back to. It was in the top five continuously since we started doing it. And now Dan's doing that on his own and is just kicking butt as far as that feedback loop for with engineering is concerned. But it's still there. 
And we're going to continue to see it there, even though we're improving the experience because people just don't know yet. And it's still in preview, but man, we are doing an awful lot to make life a lot easier. And there's a little thing in here. We've previously shown a vision demo with a DAX query view co-pilot. Yes. So a little bit more to come, but you can go out to learn more about this. Go out to aka.ms forward slash DAX dash queries, and you'll be able to get in there and start checking out. There's a check out the public preview of this. It's really cool stuff, man. I'm excited by it. And the nice thing is to see it come into light. They've been working on this for a very long time. Yep. Yep. It's fantastic. And and moving on to the next one is another wonderful feature that's nice to see coming along. These are incremental changes. We've got some more capabilities added to it. That's the ability to edit your model in the Power BI service. So you don't have to break out desktop necessarily to make changes to that model. And that matters more and more in the world of fabric, of course. Now we're now you can mark a table as a date table. You can rename and delete tables right directly within the service as well. So you weren't able to, pre- to previously do that. So again, it's incremental. You also, I, I always want to call this out every time I talk about this capability is that you have to turn it on on a workspace by workspace basis. It's off by default, the ability to edit your workspace. So if you go into your data set, sorry, your semantic model in there the service, go. and you see that the option to edit the, edit the model is grayed out, that's why. You want to go and turn it on for your workspace and you should be able to go in and make some edits. Yeah, be careful so- when you do that though, because if you publish from Power BI Desktop, the, the model that was in your uh, Power BI Desktop is now out of date. You want to download it before you, you make further edits with desktop. Something really important to talk about with the time intelligence support with this, now that we've brought that to the to the table, no, no pun intended, is the ability to, with that mark as date table, yep. there, you have to have it, number one, turned on, right, for the semantic model, yep. but then you have to go and choose the column that is your authoritative date column, right? And once you've done that, then it becomes your date table with your uh, you know, official date column so that when you're doing your relationships on dates, that actually becomes the one that the time yep. intelligence is leveraging. So you do have to go off and specify that. It's not just magic where you just go, oh, well, it's just going to know. You know, you actually have some work to do in order to make that happen. I got to think as well, just because you mentioned this, right? With the advent of fabric and shortcuts in fabric, there's no reason for people shouldn't have an authoritative date time, a date table sitting out there. That is a perfect use case. Why not have a single authoritative reference workspace to have all of that sort of thing? And then basically that's used to create shortcuts into other workspaces. Anytime you need the date table, just shortcut it in from the reference area. I think someone needs to write that up at some point. John, I, that sounds like a great blog post for you. I kind of you, You've been slacking just a little bit Shush. on your blog. I'm Shush. just saying. I haven't been slacking. I haven't been slacking a little bit. I've been slacking a whole lot. Ah, oh, there we go. Okay, good. Yeah. Just making sure we're clear. So, John, I'm going to run through this real quick. The data connectivity section, the Azure Resource Graph has a new connector. Prophecy has a connector update. Bloomberg Enterprise Data Analytics has a connector update. So does Dremio and Salonis. With that, we're going to hold off and we're going to break this into a two-parter. Come back for part two. Check it out. We're going to to do that and get it out probably within the same... uh, time frame as the this episode but john we're going to start right up with service because man there's a lot to talk about here there's some really cool features that i'm excited about and that i could literally talk for hours on you just might we're we're going to try and keep it to our normal 30 to 45 minutes but with that john let's go ahead and wrap this episode and let's get back to it we will 
talk to y'all again soon, John. I will, and I'm very excited. I'm going to see you in Amsterdam next week, my friend. You will, lucky you. All right. <laughs> see you at ESPC, buddy. Talk to you if later. You're, if you're any less lucky, you'd see me for two weeks. Well, <laughs> nope, definitely not. All right. Not quite. Yeah. All right. Take it easy, my friend. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal Podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal Podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons. 